This is a warning that this podcast, today's podcast, covers a subject that might be sensitive or even trigger or even triggering to some. Today's podcast is going to be talking about borderline personality disorder, and it is going to delve into certain topics that deal with and, and include sexual abuse and other things that might not be suitable for certain audiences. And as usual, I do want to thank you if you're going to join me on the jump. This is Michelle Spiva with today's podcast of Wisdom Smack, and we're going to be delving into when it hurts to feel. I'll see you on the flip. At first, I thought it was a cruel joke. And then I started to realize that this might be bigger than any of us thought. Hey, this is Michelle Spiva, and today I'm going to be talking about borderline personality disorder. And I'm not going to be able to cover all of it, but I'm hoping to give you some highlights so that if you are someone that you know possibly has this disorder and it is undiagnosed and untreated, I'm going to encourage you now to go and seek professional help. Professional help, okay? All right, so. Let's get into it. Personality borderline disorder. And I don't want to say personality. I'll take that out. I'll just say borderline personality um, traits first. We'll deal with that first. How about that? Okay. So you can have a scale of this. And uh, okay, I'm stumbling over everything. I'm not going to even cut this because this is my truth. And this is this is where I am. I hurt for these people. I just need you to know that. <sighs> All right. Deep breath. Let's let's back it up. Okay. So personalities are varied and they've even tried to put us in these five traditional boxes. And in one of the boxes, now the funny thing is, is about the five traditional personalities uh, where they talk about agreeableness and uh, openness, but they have this section called neuroticism. And this neuroticism is where a lot of... Uh, these disorders get lumped into. And today I'm, I'm bringing them out of the closet because I want to get people help. It's too many suicides happening because people don't realize that they have options and that they can put a name on what they are afflicted with. Okay, not fussing, but if you're still with me, thank you. Now let's move through this. And before we move in, let me take a deep breath and I'm gonna encourage you to take a deep breath. All right. So when I was uh, seeing clients, I used to have intake forms. And depending on what a person was there for or what they had said over the phone or however they came to us, we would give them certain types of forms. And the sad part is, is that there were a lot of, and I hate to say it, but it was gender. It was gender related of people who identified as female or who identified as um, uh, sexually fluid who would come in and we would end up giving them a trio of uh, intake forms. And those trios would have surveys. They would have surveys of substance abuse, sexual abuse, and personality, borderline personality traits. And sad thing is, is that a lot of times they were able to answer all three. 
I was expecting, hopefully praying that on some of them or most of them, they would put NAs, non-applicable, but they were able to answer a lot of these. And so I am not saying that borderline personality disorder does not affect all people because it does. I'm just saying at that particular time, I started noticing an uptick so much so that I went and did um, continuing education units and credits to get my arm around this because I was woefully inadequate at that time when they were starting to come in. Okay, so uh, most people don't realize that they know what personality Uh, what borderline personality is. And if I ask the average person, now, if you're younger, you may not know what I'm talking about, but there was a a made-for-TV movie that came out that that was a big deal. And it was called Mommy Dearest. And it was based off of a book by a person who wrote about their life growing up with a famous parent. They were adopted and it was about a famous actress and it was turned into a movie. And people made jokes about some of the scenes that were very traumatic, especially the the clothes hanger scene and uh, all of the things that these children went through because there were two of them, a girl and a boy who were adopted. And we're sitting there looking at it. And at the time, we, we didn't know. But as I grew up and started to be blessed to be able to be of use to some of these people in, that were suffering, I started to realize that that was this disorder and that this was real. And so to sum it up, when people have a borderline personality disorder, they feel emotions in a painful, unfiltered way to the point where it overwhelms them. And when I say overwhelms them, it can overwhelm them to uh, persistent torture or to the point of numbness. Yeah, you can get to the point where you hurt so much that you just go numb and you can't feel, you can't connect And it's kind of like you're a zombie, but your body is still reacting to the onslaught of terror happening to you and you don't know why. Okay, so let's let's first of all, I want to just go through the different levels of severity of this borderline personality disorder, if you'll allow me to. So uh, shout out to the Wellness Institute uh, for helping me uh, with this many years ago uh, to go through this training. It was one of the best ones I went through. I did go through others. It was one of the best. But anyway, so shout out to them. Uh, there's a, a, a scale that they they helped us use. And uh, the scale had it from zero to three was mild, four to six was moderate, seven and above was severe, and then 14 or above was difficulty functioning. Okay. And the reason why I'm bringing this scale out is because there are a lot of people that have moved up to the 14 and above where they have difficulty functioning. And thus we are seeing a rise in suicides that in after the fact can be attributed to, yeah, you guessed it, borderline personality disorder. Now, a lot of people get borderline mixed with bipolar. You can be borderline and bipolar, but they are not one and the same. On the other end, I've had people flippantly say that borderline personality disorder is for females and it's the equivalent of narcissism for males. We, I even used to think that because we didn't know any better, but as we are continuing to learn and grow, we are finding that they are not the same. 
and that you can have a person who is narcissistic and borderline, but they are different. So let's get to the scale. So if you are in the mild range, that's going to be zero where you don't have the, the these traits are up to three, then it's mild. Okay. So and you have intense and unstable relationships. You know, guys always make this, this funny kind of uh, assertion that why is it that the that the crazy chicks are the best in bed. And there are even been uh, books that talked about how um, they're freer in, um, in, in, in bed because, you know, they don't have the inhibitions. And I'm going to say that it's not necessarily that case. It can be, but it might be that they feel intensely. And so that's what they translate over to you intensely. And so they have an intensity that can't be sustainable. It burns people out. And so, yeah, they might be great in bed, but there is no off switch. Yeah. And it gets to be tiresome. It gets to be real tiresome or it either gets to be dangerous. So intense or unstable relationships, neurotic, you know, that's, that's what people normally put with that. Um, they cling to the victim. Woe is me. Nobody has it as bad as me. There is even some entitlement. Uh, they cannot see that everybody else has their own cross to bear as well. They believe that everybody else in the world has it easy and that they are the only ones afflicted with any kind of harshness. Now, that's that's two. We only had two. Three. Now, assume that each one I go through means that they have all the ones previous to it. Okay. So we started with intense or unstable relationships, clings to the victim position. Three, frantic efforts to avoid abandonment or engulfment. So abandonment, leaving me, engulfment, smothering me. They have this love-hate relationship. I love you, come close. I hate you, get away. I love you, come close. You're smothering me. Let me live, you know? And that's just three. So up to this point, we're still in the mile range. Now let's look at moderate. I got to keep this moving because we got we got 18 of these bad boys, okay? So if you're in the moderate range or you know someone in the moderate range, they have all the stuff I just talked about, but then it gets into the mind games where they start to manipulate to get attention or their needs met. They're the ones calling you for false alarms to get you over. And when they get you over, a lot of times they are sexually promiscuous. Oh, because to them, having sex with them means that you love them and that that you're showing them that you love them through your actions, okay? The fifth one, attention-seeking behavior. Oh, these are the ones, they don't have a problem. They will go loud in public. They will curse you out. They will have a hissy fit, temper tantrum, hate dance, whatever you want to call it. They come in for it and they're going to get an Oscar level performance because they have no problems acting out in public uh, to be seen or to make you see them. Okay. Then this is a sixth one, a lack of of object consistency, meaning that they will do all this stuff and then they don't remember it or you got to be lying or it wasn't that bad. They have a problem because their emotions are on such hyperdrive. They have a problem uh, connecting to the uh, frontal lobe of logic uh, to be able to decipher and discern their behaviors because their behaviors are engulfing them so much they can't see outside of them. 
Think about it. What if your body was on fire all the time and someone wanted you to look at yourself and tell them what you see? You can't because you're so busy in the fire. Okay. And so I want I want you to understand that this is not this is this is not about them being evil. This is pain, you guys. This is real. Okay. The seventh level uh, moves us into the severity. Okay, so let me just go back through real quick. If you're, if this is mild, you have problems with having stable relationships. You cling to that victim position of entitlement or nobody has it as bad as you. And, and then you have these frantic efforts to avoid feeling abandoned or, or feeling smothered. If you are in the moderate, you have all the previous ones, plus you do ex- attention-seeking behaviors. You manipulate to get your uh, your needs or your attention met, and you lack uh, the ability to have consistency in your actions of what you've done. Now we're going to move into the severe. Okay, so all the rest uh, rest of them are considered severe, and when we get to the fourteenth level, that's going to be where you have difficulty functioning, and and basically you're going to self implode or check out of here. Okay, so the seventh one is self loathing. Yes. So after they do this stuff, when they come out of uh, one of the high rotations of it and they get just a moment of breathing where they fall into that numbness, they loathe themselves because they're like, I don't know why I do this. I don't know why it hurts so much. And on the one hand, remember we said they had the victimhood where nobody has it as bad as them. They may be right in some regards because They feel emotions more intensely, painfully more intensely than everyone else, okay? So the eighth one is impulsive character. They are... And this is, this is, and I, I said that because this is where a lot of times people start to think that they're borderline because, you know, on border, I mean, excuse me, they think that they are um, uh, bipolar. And I'm sorry, y'all, these bees sometimes get me tongue twisted, all right? So with the impulsive character, they can be up and then they can be down. They make impulsive decisions. They make impulsive purchases. But that does not mean they're having a manic episode uh, like a um, bipolar person would. That means that these impulsive characters are them trying to find who they are or either trying to jumpstart feeling good because they're normally coming out of a numbing episode because the emotions have been so intense and have burned them out, okay? So that one is the eighth level. The ninth level, they have radical mood shifts. You don't know what you're dealing with. You got to kind of like tiptoe in. How you doing? And if they fine, then you good. But if they get the blank out of here or why are you calling me or what you want? (laughs) you know what you're dealing with. And uh, now I'm going to speak up for for the girls, you know, going through the hormonal shifts and changes. No, your your mama or your grandma is not borderline. If they good one hour and they telling you to leave them alone or get off of them, they might just be having a hot flash. So do not conflate the two, y'all. Okay. But anyway, uh, radical mood shifts. Now, this, the 10th level is where it starts to get really hard on um, everybody who, for whatever reason, 
needs to or or decides to have a long-term relationship with them. That will include family members, children, spouses, co-workers. So this is where it gets to be real tough on everybody, okay? We're at the 10th level of 18, and that is the raging bull. They cause havoc in their wake. They have a tongue that is more vicious and would make a cat of nine tails look like a feather. When they go for your throat, they do not let go until they are done. They are meaner than a junkyard pit dog who hadn't been fed in a week. So be mindful of that raging bull tendency. The 11th one. They have recurrent suicide attempts. Okay, that one's self-explanatory. Twelfth level, they start to get into identity crisis because when they do have those times when they come off of it, they're like, who is that person? Why does that person act like that inside of me? Why did I do that? And like I said before, Way back down here on level six, lack of object constancy. That is why a lot of times they don't remember it because it's too painful to remember what they've done. Have you ever had it where you're dealing with a person who has gone off on you? And then when they calm down and it looks like you can talk to them, they either don't remember what you're talking about, make you try to seem like you're crazy, or they they say, oh, it wasn't that bad. Girl, you know how people get that kind of thing, okay? All right. The twelve. The, uh, so the twelfth one was identity crisis. The thirteenth one, chronic lack of emptiness. They are what we would call extreme needy. Every time you talk to them, they are wanting you to prove your love, show your love. It's uh, like an unending cavern of of nothing. It's like the more you give, the more they're unsatisfied. And a lot of times they will direct this emptiness to you. And that is why borderlines uh, love and treat the ones they love the most or who are the closest to them the worst. And the sad part is, is a lot of borderline personality people have uh jobs or lifestyles where people love them because remember they live life on an intense level and an an intense level means that they are the big bright light that's why a lot of them flock to the arts and the the music and all of that and it's not just because they're great at creativity. It's because they need a lot of love. They need a lot of support. And they can find it in their fans and on massive platforms. Okay? So this chronic lack of emptiness is what gets us into um, these issues that we're dealing with today. It's like, <sighs> the sad part is these poor babies, these poor beloved souls, they feel abandoned. And when you try to spend time with them, they feel engulfed because they cannot find a happy medium. So they go from hot and cold. I love you. Come near. I hate you. Get away. And thus, that emptiness never goes away because it was never external anyway. It was about them learning how 
to fulfill that gulf within. And that gulf a lot of times was made in their formative stages. So they never learned at the stages they should have how to be self-reliant, self-sufficient, self-loving, self-confident, and in, in the business that I'm in, how to have a strong ego. And when I say ego, I'm not talking about the bastardized understanding that lay people have of it being a bad thing. No, I'm talking about a sense of being able to tether yourself to this body and this earth and be okay here. All right. So then the 14th one. Now, remember, we said 14 and above. This is when you're starting to get into you can't function. You just you just. You, you, you cannot function. Either you need to be hospitalized. I hate to say it sometimes, medic, not sometimes, but a lot of times medicated. And they have to watch you for suicide watch. They have to watch you for uh, self-medicating with uh, drugs, dangerous level, toxic, toxicity drugs and that, that type of thing. All right. So the 14th one is a lack of boundaries, but it's severe a severe lack of boundaries where they, (laughs) like I said before, they don't understand that they are encroaching on other people's identities and boundaries. And it is because sometimes they are even trying to usurp your boundaries. There was another movie that came out years ago called Single White Female. And in hindsight, people could probably see that this was a uh, borderline personality in severe need of therapy. Because she totally took on the other person's identity to the point where she was trying to kill her. Now, that is a Hollywood version. That is not a diagnosis. Don't y'all go and read that and say, oh, you're a single white female. Don't do that. Okay. All right. Um, This severe lack of boundaries is another reason why um, this is in the family of narcissism. Okay. Then the next one, the 15th level is post-traumatic stress disorder. This is where, because they have gone through, by this time, if they're at this level, they have gone through so many real and imagined abandonments of relationships because they've burned through them. Most likely they are self-medicating, so they're on drugs or they're uh, having eating issues uh, to quell the pain or to... uh, wake up from feeling numb, you know, uh, they've gone through so many rotations of self-loathing and acting out in public for attention that they have driven most people away because they just wear them down. And the sad part is, is that not only do they have PTSD, but the people around them, because they have terrorized them for years, have PTSD. Now, the the parents or, or family members or whatever, theirs is normally signified by being hypervigilant. Whenever the phone rings, they're jumping. Oh my God, what happened? What is she doing? What is he doing now? You know, having to uh, always make sure they're working a lot of jobs or if they're not independently wealthy so that they can afford all the support that they need. Because a lot of times, uh, undiagnosed borderline personality disorder folks, they need. Uh, sober companions and they need people around them who are going to have good influence and those people normally need to be trained and they normally need to be paid to stick around because it is not easy being around uh, them as they are going through and learning how to learn the traits to take care of themselves. Okay, 
16 is where you get into thought disorder. And this one is real sketchy because they start getting into uh, a danger area where there might be splits in personality. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not at that level yet, but this is where their thoughts become um, disarrayed, out of order. They might have memory losses. They might uh, fantasize about having been someone else during the time when they were in their full raging bull and all of these other things. Then the 17th level is self-mutilization. Uh, this is uh, anywhere from cutting uh, to extreme um, uh, bulimia. It can, it can even, it can even manifest itself cosmetically with extreme piercings and uh, things for shock value, so that when they, when people see them, they'd be like, <gasps> and they can be like, oh, you know, subconsciously they're like, they feel like I feel, you know, and those types of things. And I'm not saying piercings are uh, painful. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong. And I'm not saying that people who have multiple piercings are borderlines. That is not what I'm saying. I am saying that there is a lot of self-mutilization that does happen in these extremely severe, unable to function anymore types of situations, okay? And then the 18th level is where we get into dissociative identity disorder, which we used to know as um, multiple personality, okay? So this personality that, um, these are the traits that we go through, okay? Now, the sexual abuse. I'm only going to go over this real quick, but what I was noticing, and there have been many articles and studies on this, was showing that when we started to help a lot of these people go back and look at the formative years, there may have been uh, sexual um, abuse. Now, sexual abuse has many forms. It is not just penetration. Sometimes sexual abuse can be where it is um, severe uh, deficiency, where people were subjected as little kids to enemas, where they were um, religiously scorned for any types of show of sexual expression, uh, where they were not allowed. They were highly constricted uh, to uh, live in a cloistered kind of way. Um, sometimes they were um, bound and, and couldn't even sleep without a lot of clothes on and, and all these kinds of things. So you have all of the extremes. So when people talk about sexual abuse, it's not just um, the one that we are familiar with. It can be various types of sexual abuse. And when we have um, dealt with people who didn't realize that they just thought it was a religious upbringing and they, did, they didn't realize that because of that, they could not have selfie, a healthy sexual expression, they were like, what? Okay. So now I know this has been uh, very, very heavy. And I'm just going to talk real quick to close this down on uh, some of the things that if you are suffering from this, you need to go and get help. And if you are a person who has been in relationship with one, some things that can hopefully help you. Okay. So depending on what level you're in, you can uh, go and find support groups. If you have found that you have uh, been having more and more su suicide ideation, and thinking about it, please contact uh, the National uh, Suicide Support Line. 
If you have been blacking out and doing things and not remembering, you need to seek the help of a psychiatrist. If you are able to still recognize what you're doing and you have bouts of of depression and self-loathing, you may be able to um, contact a therapist or even do group work. But please get some help. If you're on the other side and you are a person who realizes now I've been in a relationship or I have a family member or I work with, some of the things that you can do is set clear boundaries. You will help them. And those boundaries include limiting either the phone calls or the text, limiting if you're in a romantic relationship with them, limiting when you know that they are using sex for something perverted outside of what your sexual relationship should be. If you don't know what that is, uh, sex after extreme, extremely bad behavior as a consolation prize that you give them, you know, for calming down. Don't bargain with sex, you know, don't, don't reward bad behavior with the sexual act. Set up financial boundaries, okay? This is real important because depending on what level they're in, they they don't even see yours as yours. They see everything as theirs because they are in extreme pain and any and everything is a resource to try to make them feel better. Um, And you need to have an additional support system in place as well. Don't isolate yourself with them only. It It will eat you alive. Um. Be willing to address the addictive behaviors that you may see. It can be anything from um, obsessively posting online to hardcore drug use or alcoholism, but be willing to call it out and tell them that they need help. All right. And then be willing to encourage them, excuse me, encourage them to get help. All right. Like I said, I know that this has been deep. I know that this has been something that you may not have wanted to listen to, but I'm hoping that this podcast gets to the right people. And if you are suffering in silence, well, I can't say it's silence, but if you are suffering and you didn't know, now hopefully you have a beginning. This is not meant to um, diagnose or label anyone. This is just to give you inspiration to take it from here to do what you need to do. So guess what? Yeah, my time is up and I do thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Smiva with another podcast of Wisdom Smack. I'm going to see you tomorrow. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, 
uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.